Thank you for joining us at the First Baptist Church of Coleraine, Massachusetts, as Pastor Jim Rennie continues to faithfully challenge and encourage us in the Word. And it is our prayer that this message will encourage the believer and bring the unbeliever closer to a saving knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Well, welcome to the First Baptist Church here in Coleraine, Massachusetts. Nice day for you to tune in and for the ones that are here today. Uh, four weeks leading up to Christmas Day, I'm teaching a, a series of messages on the subject of Advent. Advent means coming or arrival. The first Advent of Christ looks back at his first coming, and his second Advent looks forward to his return, his second coming. So we're obviously we're living between the two advents, the first and second coming of Jesus Christ. First, uh, we're going to be looking back in history at Christ's first advent, foretold by God's prophets in the Word of God. We're going to be reading Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. Good morning. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judah, during the time of King Herod, Magi, from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born the King of Jews? He saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed, and all of Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all of the people's chief priests, and teachers of the law. He asked them, where is Christ? Was to be born. In Bethlehem, in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judea, are by no means the least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will be the shepherd of my people Israel. Then Harold called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and make a careful search for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen in the east went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On the coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with the gifts of gold and the incense of myrrh and myth. And having been warned a dream not to go back to Harold, they returned to their country by another route. Praise God. Thank you very much. Let's uh, have a word of prayer. So, Heavenly Father, these verses are very familiar to us, and uh, hopefully we're going to learn something new. We will if we listen and concentrate and not be distracted. So may we be blessed by this message this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. 
the title of this message is The Wise Men. The Wise Men, not the Three Kings. You've heard that uh, song, We Three Kings. Oh. There's no, they could have been kings, but there's no mention in the Bible that they were. But they, they were definitely wise. And we don't know there was three of them. Doesn't tell us. We assume there were three. An intelligent guess because they brought gold, frankincense, and myrrh, right? But there's no mention of three of them. Could have been, could have been more. But they were definitely wise men. That's the message today. We're doing a history lesson looking back in the prophecies in the Old Testament to the first advent of the Lord Jesus Christ and also his second coming advent. In 605 BC, before Christ, King Nebuchadnezzar's army invaded Jerusalem and vast numbers of Israelites were transported, deported to Babylon as slaves. Among those taken into captivity was a young teenager. Do you know what his name was? Daniel. Daniel. 68 years later, in 537 BC, before Christ, he wrote this. And it's a history lesson of what happened. Indisputable. In the first year of Darius, the son of Ahasuerus, the Mede, who was made king over the realm of the Chaldeans, in the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, understood from the books the number of years which, according to the word of the Lord to Jeremiah, the prophet, must pass before the desolations which had been pronounced on Jerusalem would end. And it was 70 years. You can read that in Daniel chapter 9. Daniel could look back over 68 years of faithful service to God in a culture that was completely opposite. However, he never compromised and he always maintained his faith in God. One day, Daniel read some more scrolls written by the prophet Jeremiah that really got his attention, which said, this whole land shall become a ruin and a waste and these nations shall serve the king of Babylon for 70 years. You can read that in Jeremiah 25. It was true that the Babylonian Empire had been taken over by the Medo-Persian Empire and the duration of the exile would only last two more years. How long had Daniel been there? 68 years. Remember, and 68 years is two more years to go of captivity, according to the prophet Jeremiah. 
the whole captivity would only last for 70 years and then they would return, the people of Israel would return to Jerusalem. Daniel kept reading Jeremiah and he said, for thus says the Lord, when 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will visit you and I will fulfill to you my promise and bring you back to Jerusalem. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me, and I will hear you. You will seek me and find me. When you seek me with all your heart, I will be found by you, declares the Lord. And I will restore your fortunes. Remember, Israel, Jerusalem was completely sacked by the Babylonians. I will restore your fortunes and gather you from all the nations where I have driven you, declares the Lord. And I will bring you back to the place from which I sent you into exile. It was the Lord that allowed it to happen because of their idolatry. They turned away from the Lord and they suffered the consequences. Now you can read that in Jeremiah the prophet in the Old Testament, chapter 29. There was the promise that the exile of Israel would end after 70 years and bring the Israels back, the Israelites back to the promised land. For 80, 68 years, with his windows open, Daniel would pray towards Jerusalem. I'm sure he closed the windows once in a while. Probably got cold over there in Iraq. But every day, he would pray facing Jerusalem, believing God would answer his prayers, hoping, praying that one day they would return, which they did. Some of them had already died in Babylon, especially the older ones. Remember, he was only a teenager when he was transported. 68 years earlier, he didn't give up praying because he knew God always keeps his promises. Do you believe that? It's impossible for God to lie. Amen? And he wrote down in his own biography, which we can read in the Old Testament, Daniel chapter 9, he pleaded with God on behalf of the people of Israel to return them to the promised land. While Daniel was in prayer, looking out the window towards Jerusalem, God sent an angel called Gabriel with a message he didn't fully understand. This was the message. Seventy weeks of years, or oh, that's 490 years, because a week here is uh, seven years. Seventy weeks have been decreed for your people and for your holy city. What's that? Jerusalem. 
to finish the transgression and to make an end of sins, to make reconciliation for wickedness, to bring in an everlasting righteousness, to seal up vision and prophecy and prophet, and to anoint the most holy place. So you need to keep your thinking caps on this morning. So you are to know and understand that from the issuance of the command to restore and rebuild Jerusalem until the coming of the Messiah, the anointed one, the prince, there will be seven weeks of years and 62 weeks of years. It will be built again with a city and a moat even in times of trouble. And after the 62 weeks of years, the anointed one, who's that? Jesus, will be cut off. In other words, he'll be killed. He'll be nailed to a cross and die. He'll be cut off and denied his messianic kingdom. He hasn't set up his kingdom yet. One day that he will. And have nothing and no one to defend him. And the people of the other prince, this is referring to the future Antichrist, which hasn't happened yet, the other prince, who is to come, will destroy the city and the sanctuary. Its end will come with a flood. Even to the end, there will be war. Desolations are determined. So these are prophecies regarding when Jesus would come and die, the anointed one. And later on in the future, which hasn't happened yet, when the Antichrist would come. So we don't have time today to go into detailed analysis of the 70 weeks predicted. But like I said, a week is seven years, right? 70 weeks means weeks of seven years, which is 490 years, right? 490 years. The start of the 70 weeks is the decree by King Artaxerxes of Persia in 444. Are you getting all this down? <laughs> There'll be a test later. In 444 BC, that's 444 years before Christ, the king authorized the exiles led by the prophet Nehemiah, and you can read that in the Old Testament, to return and rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. You can read that in Jeremiah chapter 2, if you choose to. It happened. The starting point of the prophecy would have begun, and I wish... Paul Kelly was here because he's a history buff and he, he loves the history of the Jews. But maybe you'll get a chance to hear it on radio or watch it on Facebook or YouTube. The starting point of the prophecy, the beginning of the 70 weeks, would, become, would happen on the Jews' calendar Nisan 1, which happens to be March the 5th. 444 BC, 
followed by 69 weeks. In other words, 173,880 days, culminating in Nissan 10, which happens to be March the 30th, 33 AD. Have you got a headache yet? I'm sorry. I've got some pills that I can share with you. March the 30th, 33 AD. That's after the birth of Christ. Our old was Jesus when he was crucified. 33. That's the date Daniel's prophecy was fulfilled when Jesus, the anointed one, entered triumphantly into Jerusalem, riding on the colt of a donkey. You can read that in Luke chapter 19. So the writings of Nehemiah and Daniel have stood the test of time and were preserved. You're thinking, what's this got to do with the wise men? Well, I'm going to explain now. I'm just giving you some background information, which I'm sure you remember every single detail. <laughs> Nehemiah and Daniel. Their writings have stood the test of time. We can read it for ourselves. Preserve no doubt also must have been in the libraries in the Middle East. Now, in 4 BC, before Christ, these Middle Eastern scholars, having studied the book of Daniel, came to the conclusion that the anointed one, Jesus, prophesied also by the prophet Jeremiah, would be born in their lifetime. This is 4 BC. During that time period, ancient astrologers discovered a new star that had never appeared in the night sky before. It stood out from all the rest and was very, very bright, like a comet. And they concluded correctly that a great newborn king could be found in the Jerusalem area, Jerusalem region. So without delay, these wise men, they called an Uber. No. They got some camels together, they got all the material possessions that they would need to travel on a long journey for 900 miles. These wise men, and correctly, this version says magi. They are magi, or the wise men. And they gathered gifts that they would present to the newborn king. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And they traveled for many weeks to look for to find and to worship the newborn king. They correctly understood and interpreted Daniel's writing in the Old Testament regarding the timing of Jesus' birth, Jesus' first advent into this world. So they followed the star beginning 
in what was Babylonia, Iraq now, 900 miles to where the newborn baby was. And they found Jesus. It's the only wise men, even today, it's only wise men and wise women and wise children that seek for Jesus. And if you seek for Jesus, you will find him. Amen? Have you found Jesus? Or rather, has he found you? The Bible, that's the first advent, and it happened. They found him, and we know the rest of the story. They came to worship him, present gifts to the newborn king. Well, what about Jesus' second advent? Does the Bible give us any indication of when this will be? Well, as Jesus was teaching his disciples on the Mount of Olives, he gave them an overview of future events to come, recorded in Matthew 24. And he said, I'm not going to read the whole chapter. He said, but concerning that day, he's talking about when he comes again. Concerning that day and hour, no one knows. All right? So if someone says Jesus is coming back in 2024, it won't happen. It might, but nobody knows. Jesus says, not even the angels of heaven, nor the Son, but the Father only. So it's only God the Father knows when Jesus' second advent will take place, which it surely will. So, like I said, the timing of Jesus' second advent is completely unknown apart from the Father. But may no, make no mistake about it, he will return a second time. And people need to be ready. Are you ready? Are you ready? Or are you going to be left behind? We talked about this last week, when the church is going to be taken up to meet the Lord in the air. But there's going to be millions, if not billions, of people left behind because they've never received Jesus as their saviour. The first time Jesus came, his first advent... We're aware of it. We're completely unaware of the timing of his second advent. But he will, he will come again. People need to be ready. The first time he came, people were unprepared. But they could come like the wise men and worship him. Like those wise men, the magi from the east did. Even during Jesus' lifetime, they could come, hear him teach and preach and present the gospel about the kingdom of heaven, and they could be saved. But many rejected him and refused to listen. Like today, people just refuse to listen. They have a will. They've been given a will to either listen, to obey, or reject or receive Jesus as their saviour. But the invitation is still there. But when he comes again, 
there's going to be many people that are still unprepared for his second advent. But these wise men were prepared. Look at the distance that they traveled. Look at the inconvenience, the inconveniences, the, the, the roads, it's not like it was today, and the terrain, and the robbers they would come into contact with. It, was, it, it cost them. But they found it. They followed that star, and it stopped right over the city of David, Bethlehem, where the anointed one would be born. They were wise because they believed the word of God. They read, they studied the scrolls written by Daniel and Jeremiah. They were wise because they looked for Jesus and they found him. They were wise because they recognized his worth. That's what worship means. Because Jesus is the only one worthy to be praised and worshipped. That's why we should come to church. To worship God. That's what the Magi did. They were wise. And they were wise to obey God rather than men. Like King Herod. You know, he, he wanted to destroy baby Jesus because he didn't want the competition. He didn't want other people to worship anybody else apart from him. And they were wise to not to listen to Herod. And we are wise not to listen to anybody that contradicts the word of God. Amen? We're wise not to hang out with people that don't believe what Jesus says in the Bible. We listen to what he says, not what people say. They were wise to seek Jesus and they found him. And those that seek him will find him. And how about you? Have you, have you looked for Jesus? Have you found Christ, the anointed one? Is your saviour. So when Christ comes a second time, I'm going to close now. He's not going to come as a saviour like he did on his first advent. But next time he comes, he's going to come as a judge. The righteous judge. And there's going to be no second chances for anyone to escape that judgment. But where, like I've said it before many times... Where there is judgment, there is always God's mercy. So even after the church is taken out, the gospel will still be preached. Bibles will still be available for people to turn from their sins to the Savior and be saved. So we need to be wise. By faith, turn to Jesus Christ. Believing that he came and he died to save us from our sins and from judgment. We all deserve judgment, don't we? We're all condemned sinners. But sinners can become saints, right? Not that we act like it. 
always. But in God's eyes, we are righteous. We have none of our own. All our righteousness is like a filthy rag. Amen. But God doesn't see us that way anymore. He doesn't see us condemned sinners. We've been adopted into his family. So will you be ready when he returns the second time he comes? Will you be ready? Only you can answer that question. But if you're not a Christian, you're not ready. But you can be ready. But that's the choice that you're going to have to make and it's the, the wisest choice that you'll ever make in your entire life because it will determine where you will spend the rest of eternity, either with God or separated from him forever and ever. I won't want to be in that situation, would you? That's not a wise choice, is it? Amen. So let's close in a word of prayer. Father, we just hope and pray that this message would have got through to us. We've looked at the Old Testament scriptures regarding Jesus, the anointed one's first coming, his advent. We've looked at prophecy regarding when he entered into Jerusalem triumphantly. He wanted to set up his kingdom. That's what the Jews are still waiting for. That's what they were looking for in his day. Even his disciples were looking for him to set up his kingdom. And he wanted to, but he knew that he couldn't because of their unbelief. The people of Israel, their unbelief. They didn't believe that Jesus was the anointed one. But thankfully, many were wise enough to believe. And many, many became believers in the Lord Jesus are now in heaven, worshiping the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. One day he shall return and set up his kingdom. In the meantime, we're living between the two advents, the first one and the second one to come. And it's only wise people that seek him today. And he's not willing that any should perish but that all should come to repentance, to turn from their sins to the Savior and be saved so they wouldn't suffer judgment and eternal condemnation. So I hope and pray that you will make that decision and simply believe and call upon the Lord Jesus Christ, the Savior from your sins, so you too We'll have a home in heaven when you leave this world. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you and God bless you all. And Merry Christmas again. Thank you again for tuning in. You can find our podcasts on Apple Podcasts and anywhere else you find podcasts. We'd love for you to join us at the First Baptist Church in Coleraine for Sunday morning worship at 11 a.m. We are located at 81 Foundry Village Road, Coleraine, Massachusetts. If you have any questions or inquiries, please feel free to call the church at 413-624-8886. Hope to see you soon. God bless.